Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs. With companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. It may not seem like it, but Chad and I work pretty hard to bring you this show on a regular basis. And it's been an unwritten rule since we started the show that we take a few weeks during the holidays to step away from the show as well as step away from each other so we can come back fresh and be the functioning derelicts you know and love. Well, Chad spent the holiday polluting much of Europe with his Americanness and needs a few more days to recover. So, no Chad means no editing of this show. It's going to be like your favorite Pearl Jam bootleg tape from 1993. Solid content, pretty shitty production value, and anything can happen. Anyway, Chad will be back next week, and things should be back to normal. Till then, I've invited a more than capable guest co-host to keep the seat warm for Chad until he gets back. Enjoy, and here's to a kick-ass new year. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad Engines podcast. Oh, yeah. My New Year's resolution? Less Chad, and I'm off to a great start. Hi, boys and girls. You're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel, running for House Speaker Cheeseman. This is Sarah. You're never going to make it white. On this week's show, cloudy with a chance of doom and gloom, indeed <laughs> sneaky new terms of service, and a Walmart resignation gone loco. Let's do this. Guys, if you listen to our show, you know Sovereign has been a supporter for a very long time, but you may not know TextKernel, who recently acquired Sovereign. If you know Sovereign, guys, you need to get to know TextKernel. That's kernel as in corn, which Sarah and I both know a lot about. No one does resume parsing, matching, semantic search, talent sourcing, and more quite like TextKernel. They also have some of the best industry intelligence around all available for free uh, on their blog at textkernel.com. Everyone in the U.S., you know Sovereign. They've been a sponsor of our show for a long time. But it's time to get to know our friends at TextKernel if you haven't already. Do yourself a favor. Head on down to www.textkernel, that's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com, and tell them Chad and Cheese sent you. Sarah, welcome to the Chad and Cheese podcast. A lot of our listeners will know who you are, but for those that don't, you are CEO and founder of Blink 182, I mean Level 42, I mean Area 51, no, 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 Aspect 43. Happy New Year and welcome to the show. Happy New Year. We're not allowed to talk about the uh, Area 51 stuff. We're not? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah's in Idaho. I don't know what the fuck is going on in Idaho, <laughs> dude, like... That whole that whole desert, <laughs> big sky, uh, yeah, that whole location. I hear Boise's nice though. I hear Boise's nice. Boise, uh, Boise's about ten hours away. So from I you, don't know. yeah, <laughs> you're in the same. What are you? God, I'm, that's Texas. I'm way way up that's north. Texas so link, I'm, man. I am. Oh gosh, like an hour and a half south of Canada. And Good a couple God. hours out of Glacier National Park and about three hours out of Seattle. Is it, is it officially a panhandle? It is. Idaho, that, that stick that goes northward, yeah. is that? It is officially called a panhandle. A panhandle. And you live in the panhandle. I do. We just call it northern Idaho. 
or Nord Ho, Nordaho, Nordaho. I don't know. So Sarah and I have known each other. I thought it was fifteen years. She corrected me. It's seventeen. Uh, apparently, to the day when I signed her yearbook. Uh, yeah, stay cool, school. dude. See you next year. <laughs> have a great summer. Yeah, have a great <laughs> summer, dude. See you at the pool. See you at I, the pool. I actually had my very first glass of wine the day we met. Oh, I thought you were going to say I was. You're drinking this morning. Like the holidays are rolling for Sarah White. So, Sarah, a lot of my listeners know you or know of you. Uh, you're 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 quite an icon uh, in the industry. But for those that don't know. Give us a little Twitter bio about you and a little bit about the company. Yeah, so we actually research work. And so I've been in the industry, literally, I fell into it on accident. But we look at market trends, what's going on, uh, try to talk to especially recruiting, talent acquisition, employees. And then we work with the tech vendors to actually make better products because a lot of them kind of suck. Um, so that's where we spend a lot of our time. And if we could change work for the better, why not? And that is why I invited you to the show. Everyone sucks. Uh, <laughs> you have two beautiful children. I got to mention that. I do. That. I do. Uh, you're too, you're too humble. You're too humble to admit it. So you're Californian to Wisconsin via now Idaho. So you've got a nice mix of, I don't know, cheese and, uh, and cattle cheese. or something. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, California is a cheese place also. Cheese, man. All right. I well, know. On the show, we do we do some shout outs. I'm going to do one to get you to, acquainted to how this works, and okay. then uh, you apparently have a shout out, and then we'll get into some other uh, some other housekeeping. So my first shout out of the year goes to the fans. Uh, our fans love them, love them. Anyway, every year we send out a holiday card to our fans that have registered, and uh, this year, if you haven't if you haven't gotten it or didn't get it. It's Chad and I illustrated. Uh, Chad's on a great white shark. I'm on an eagle. We're riding a wave. We got some <laughs> Christmas trees and candy canes and everything. So oh, anyway, my gosh. Our fans had some really fun ways of showing uh, that they had uh, put their holiday cards up for Christmas. And one fan in particular that got my attention uh, had a wife that wasn't real happy about our card being among all the family cards and friend cards that they had. So this is our my friend Brett Farmelo. Who I've talked I thought about you were going to say anyway, Brett Favre. So, you know, Brett Favre. I thought you were going to say Brett Favre. Yeah. Bet the Favre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My friend Brett Favre. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a big fan. Anyway, yeah. Brett Farmelo, uh, my friend at Turkle, uh, founder and CEO at Turkle, uh, he said, quote, FYI, my Chad and Cheese holiday card is so front and center at my house that my wife is annoyed with it and comments about it once a week. Quote, who is Chad? Who is Cheese? Can we take this down? End quote. That's right. This episode of Couples Therapy is brought to you today by the Chad and Cheese Podcast. My shout-out is to everyone who shared our holiday card. Uh, you can also send those bills from your shrink and marriage counselor to Chad and not me. Shout Where's out to the, the card being placed? That's causing – I mean, is it in the bedroom? Is well, it on, on the you, nightstand? You, you probably have a little card thing where – Either around the fireplace or in yeah. the kitchen, you know, you like you stick them and you sort of present them and right. and virtue signal how many friends you have that are sending you cards. They yeah, are putting but... it with with those cards. So amongst the scenes of sweatered families uh, with woodland backgrounds is an animated Chad and Cheese riding a great white shark and an eagle. So, so mixed in with the people it makes from high sense school a few we wives might to. get okay. Yeah, a few wives might get a little bit distraught over such an image. I guess. Okay. We'll go with that. Your shout out now. Okay. My shout out is to all of the people ops and recruiting people uh recruiting pros that have been laid off in the last 24 hours and are handling it with so much freaking grace on LinkedIn yeah. and they're like, "Oh, I really appreciate the opportunity. It was so great to be here." I just got laid off via an email that I woke up to this morning. And mm. we have, you know, three big companies have done layoffs between yesterday and today. And the grace of which these people are handling this after working their asses off for the, the whole pandemic through great resignation, everything else is really amazing. So huge shout out to not just the ones handling it well, but just everyone doing this. So I got to ask, uh, we talk a lot about uh, Amazon on the show. And yeah. uh, Amazon just announced 18,000 today, I believe, Yeah, which is more than they had originally expected. 
Amazon more than most are doing a uh, an aggressive job of replacing recruiters. Any thoughts on the automation, the replacement of recruiters? Is that actually going to be a thing? Are companies going to follow Amazon's lead? Is this a, a failed experiment? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, Amazon's clearly had a number of failed re- experiments related to their tech and primarily because they try to build stuff in-house and have mm-hmm. AI bias issues and blah, blah, blah. With that said, we're absolutely going to see a lot of recruiting jobs go away because of tech. Um, no differently. I mean, there's probably one or two other people watching this that are old enough to remember when ATSs were coming in. Uh, we brought our ATS in. Oh, we have a lot of old people. <laughs> okay, to good. Yeah, I'm Sarah. with my people. Um, <laughs> you know, when we were bringing in ATS systems 2001, 2002, we were easily replacing 10 to 15 headcount on our teams mm-hmm. um, by bringing in one system. I had a person whose only job at one of my um, T early TA roles, their only job was to print the resumes, staple, collate, <laughs> count, and deliver them to me in a mail bin every single morning and after lunch. That was it. Like that was their whole job. And so, you know, though there's going to be roles that are going to evolve and change and new ones are going to pop up. Mm-hmm. So it's not all, you know, all doom and gloom, but Things are going to change, and it's not just in talent acquisition. I think we're going to yeah, see it yeah. kind of across the board. Yeah, that person is now a greeter at your local Walmart, so they found some somewhere <laughs> else to go with their with their high level skills. We, speaking of speaking of high tech, uh, this brings me to my final shout out. So uh, this goes out to Bing and Chat GPT. Mm. Uh, Microsoft, in case you hadn't heard, gave Chat GPT and the OpenAI initiative one billion dollars in return for the check. They agreed that Microsoft could use the tech, uh, so no surprise this week uh, that news came out that Bing will be leveraging uh, ChatGPT's technology to help compete with Big G, Google. Uh, meanwhile, Google is apparently freaking out uh, about ChatGPT. They should. They're on, they're on DEFCON 1. Uh, hey, I say competition is good for business. Sarah? GPT, chat, horrible brand. I probably said it wrong. I always do. What are your thoughts? Uh, Not so much on the brand, but the technology and how it could impact uh, humanity and or recruiting. Well, I don't know how much on humanity quite yet. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be a biggie. I think on two fronts, I think it's going to change the type of people we hire because it's going to change jobs in general. Uh, it's going to reduce the number of people just like any other technology is. And I know we've been talking about AI. I feel like all 17 years we've known each other. It feels like mm-hmm. we've been talking about the same thing. And then all of a sudden it's happening and it's here and it's actually working. Um, and so I think I took a lot of time playing around with chat GPT over the holidays. Yep. And uh, by a lot of time, I mean, five hours, because I got more done in five hours using that than we've had contractors get done in 70. So I mean, it's changing how our company and roles yeah. that we were going to be hiring for we don't have to anymore. Really? Uh, Chris Russell, a friend of ours uh, that we've known for a long time as well. Uh, apparently, there's someone Coding job boards uh, with no developers whatsoever through some of the technologies that are out there. I assume that we'll be seeing yeah. uh, rewrite your job descriptions with AI, uh, rewrite resumes with with AI. I mean, there'll be a whole whole new cavalcade of startups that we'll be able to see and enjoy. Which means we're going to see a whole bunch of LinkedIn influencers really pissed off and talking about how bad it sucks and you need that human touch. Which also means I have job security as a podcaster because I have stuff to talk about. <laughs> Speaking of job security and having something oh, to do, uh, yes. Sarah, if you haven't signed up for free shit from Chad and Cheese, you got to do yourself a favor. We're talking free T-shirts from our friends at JobGet. We're talking about free beer from our from our friends at Aspen Tech Labs, whiskey from Text Kernel. Um, if it's your birthday, there's a chance to win rum from our friends at Plum. Just all kinds of goodness. I see a but theme you gotta, here. You got to go to Chad Cheese. We're on brand here, baby. We're on brand. Uh, next year, we're having a liver donation uh, sponsor to the show. Um, so, But you got to go to ChadCheese.com. Click the free link. Uh, sign up in order to get all that stuff. And while you're out there, 
Leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, whether it's good or bad. It is our oxygen, and we love to hear from you. And we also love everyone who is celebrating a birthday this month. I mentioned I mentioned Rum with Plum. One of these lucky people, maybe not this week, but someone in uh, January is going to win a nice bottle of rum. But this week, celebrating a birthday from our fan club, we've got Moor Mirror McDonald. That's got to be like an Irish name or something. M-U-I-R. How would you pronounce that? It sounds Wisconsin. Muir? Muir? M-U-I-R? M-U-I-R. How would you pronounce Muir, that? Muir. Like John Muir. Muir. Okay. Like the Muir famous McDonald. photographer of Yosemite? <laughs> you know better than I do. Uh, hit us up, Muir, for how you pronounce that name. Mark Mark Fogel, Zachary Larson, Steve Jewell, Rob Arndt, Mark Katz, Peter Brooks, Mark Becker, Matt Lucas, Shell Ford, Athena Carp, Peter Zolman, and Fish Dogs himself, Craig Fisher, all celebrate Another trip around the sun this year. Man, a lot of what what holidays in what is that? In March. It's, oh, St. Paddy's Day. Those are all St. Paddy's Day babies. Boom. There you go. That escalated quickly. <laughs> yes. St. <laughs> Patrick's Day babies. Congratulations to you. Sarah, we got to travel this year again, which we is nice. did. Yeah. So Couple so Chad times. is coming. Chad, the Prince of Portugal, is coming back to the States. Everyone alert the authorities. Uh, he's going to be back in states. I think he is actually right now as we speak. He's uh, recovering from his hangover. But anyway, we'll be traveling again this this year. Our travel is sponsored by our friends at Shaker Recruitment Marketing, and we couldn't be happier. I uh, also want to point out that we are now in four different languages aside from English. If uh, your main language is not English, maybe it's French, German, Spanish, or Portuguese, you can listen to the Chad and Cheese podcast in your native language through the power of technology. I'm sure. And that is powered by our friends at Veritone. We want to say a special That's thank awesome. you to them. Um, also, do you play fantasy football, Sarah? I did not I know this you're year, a but normally fan. I do. Yes. Normally you do. Okay. Well, you didn't sign up to be in our fantasy football league. Hopefully you'll explore uh, that. I didn't want to embarrass everybody. That. Hopefully you'll explore that next year. Next year. Uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers uh, will be off the board quickly if Sarah gets into the league as a Packers <laughs> fan. But anyway, uh, the tragedy from this week aside, and the Demir oh. Hamlin news is being beat to death. So prayers for him, obviously, but uh, not to spend too much time on that. It did make a mess of fantasy, uh, but Yahoo, our league that we use, has sort of called it. And Dennis Tupper is our fantasy winner from this year. But I want to read out the rest of the leaderboard, Sarah, mainly because I came in second place and I want to like Well, then we have everybody. to talk so, about it. So, so again, Dennis, the gridiron menace, uh, Tupper is number one. Number two, Joel Blue Cheeseman. Get it? I'm blue because I lost, but blue cheese is also a thing. So I sort of like wrapped it into it. A, 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 a buy get one, get one on that one. Yeah, number three, we got Smokin' Joe Wilkie, uh, followed by Serge the Raging Acadian Boudreaux, if you know, you know. Uh, Chris, middle of the pack, Mannion. Chad, Prince of Portugal, Sowash, right there at number six. Factory Fix's own Iron Mike Schaefer. Factory Fix is our sponsor uh, for for fantasy football, by the way. Christy Kelling it in the name of James Goony Goo Goo Gilliam, Matt Fool on the Hill, Jason No Repeat Putnam. He was last year's champion. He ended in 11th place out of 12. And number 12, the caboose, Dan No Show Shoemaker, who came up really short this year on fantasy football. So that is Dennis Tupper, again, is the winner. But let's get into some real news, shall we, Sarah? I think that was good news. That was good news, but it's yeah. not really the news people tune in for. We got to get to really? like 20 minutes of bullshit <laughs> before we actually talk about industry stuff. So, so Sarah, you've been around the block a few times, uh, as we've already mentioned. Um, what were your takeaways from 2022? It was kind of a nutty year. What What did it look like from your, your perspective out there in Panhandle, oh, Idaho? Man. Well, oh, I guess I was here a full year, so I'm, I've only been here a little bit, but... Um, I'll tell you what, I think the word of the year for 2022 is delusional. Like everybody wanted to believe what they wanted to believe without looking at the facts of actually what was happening. 
Mm -hmm. I think that was my biggest takeaway. We were continuing to talk about like, oh, these jobs are growing so quickly. Oh, no, there's not actually going to be layoffs. Oh, everything is fine. We wanted to have such blinders on and kind of ignore stuff in part because of what was coming out from media and government and all of this type of stuff. But it was tracking things that were happening at an unprecedented way. Um, And so we were making assumptions based off of kind of the wrong data. Um, And so I think that was my biggest takeaway is that some of the some of the standard ways that we were judging and looking and making decisions around growth and layoffs and investments and everything else probably need to be reevaluated for a much more modern society and how things are going to work in the 2020s versus in the 1900s. So I'm assuming that you have investments in some sort of stocks uh, somewhere. Uh, So it was a real shitty year for Wall Street. Yeah. But labor, for the most part, has remained strong. So delusional... But there were layoffs it. in Silicon Valley, pretty high profile ones. But the labor market, at least in 2022, seemed seemed to hold. Is that just a lagging indicator? Like, and we'll get yeah. to 2023, and I don't want to I don't want to skip ahead. But like, if if labor is a lagging indicator, uh, I assume that you think it's going to catch up to the to the stock market, and we're going to see sort of labor catch up with the uh, I don't know the the cliff dive right. that we saw on on Wall Street. Um, but you will agree that people people had a hard time firing people in 2022, even though they probably knew the oh, writing 100%. was on the wall. Yeah. 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 I think they were trying to get through and just be like, no, 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 we can do okay this year. You know, yeah. some of it, I don't know how much was tied back to like PPP rules or other, you know, there were multiple different types of funding coming in for keeping and you had to retain employees past a certain date. Um, but it sure seems that as all of those rules fell off, we started seeing the layoffs and everything start. Yep kind of moving a little bit more aggressively. I do think that there's some lagging indicator here though because if somebody is underemployed, so let's say they, you know, get their hours cut back or get something else, if they even take a job, so they go to work at Walmart as a greeter, for instance, mm-hmm. right? They're removed from all of the lists that something's wrong with their labor. And mm-hmm. so it still looks like they're fully employed. But when you start looking into more detail around like number of hours people are working, how much they're earning, all of these other factors, um, those are kind of red flags that we look at to look at kind of what the 12 to 18 month numbers are going to be. Yeah. Are we undervaluing the effect of the gig economy on, on, the, on the world? You mentioned greeter, but I'm sure yeah. a lot of those people are driving Ubers and <laughs> delivering food on DoorDash and. Yeah. And I think. Being- A lot of the people that are doing that are doing that as a supplement to other things or as a Mm stopgap. But the second they start doing that, they also come off of all of those numbers. So if they are just not taking unemployment and they are making slightly more driving Mm -hmm. an Uber, DoorDash or anything, they show as they're fully employed, even though they don't have a job. I mean, I'll use a very small example. We're a small firm. We definitely don't pay high, you know, tech industry rates. Um, We posted a job in October. I had to turn the job off within six hours because we had almost a thousand applicants, (laughs) all highly qualified. I had posted the salary on there. The salary was, you know, maybe a couple years out of school, three to five years Mm -hmm. out of school Um, and not tech three years out of school, like normal world, three years out of school. And probably 70% of the applicants we got have been out of work since July, August, September. They had been on were long, they all working for FTX or any other crypto exchanges? Most of them had, were not in tech at all. And I think that's okay. where we're really, um, you know, the media talks a lot about the tech stuff because that's splashy sure. and all of that. But we know of layoffs that were affecting all industries kind of across the board last year. So, uh, or small downsizings. Yeah, yeah, right sizing. So, right sizing. I'll ask you this before we get to 2023. Yeah, we saw crazy money go into our space in 21. I oh, mean, gosh. stupid money, right? Stupid and money. I, I remember fielding questions about predictions for 22 about are we going to continue to see money, you know, go into our space and more unicorns being created? <clears throat> I predicted no, which I, w- I ended up being right, but. 
What's your sense on the money that came into the space? What's happening to those companies or what's your, your best guess in terms of, you know, down rounds, layoffs, um, people having stock options or stock that's worthless than from when they got in? Uh, any, any, any insights from you on terms of the money that sort of dried up in 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think we, I have a little bit of a unique perspective on this. In the last few years, we've done close to a billion dollars of M&A or investment support in the space. And so yeah. we've seen a ton of these transactions, both working on pre and post terms um, with them. The money is 100% drying up, but the money that yeah. was put out there into the companies, a lot of it, they just blew Quite honestly, um, I think we're going to actually see a huge number of acquisitions this year. Um, large number. There are still some strategic investors. We've had five either acquisition or investment groups reach out to us just this week already about wow. decisions they want to make this year. So there is still money and everything going on, but it's, and I don't want to say it's going to be down. It's going to be back to where it should have been to start with. I mean, it was 2020, 2021. These valuations were insane for stuff. I mean, if you're selling a, a recruiting tool for $50,000 a pop mm -hmm. on the high end and you get $200 million of funding for a 10%, I'm not picking on anybody in particular. I just randomly made up those numbers if that happens to uh -huh. correlate. Um, right? Like, realistically, how does that, how many types of products are you going to have to sell or you're going to yeah. have to completely change? So um, I think it's going to be a really interesting year. And I think it's super exciting because the consolidation, you and I have both gone through, this will be our third big consolidation round in this industry, right? Yeah. We've gone through this a number of times. This isn't new. Um, but when the consolidation happens, it always benefits the corporate recruiting teams and it benefits the businesses. And and it benefits the workers and the applicants. And so I'm really excited because as soon as this consolidation round comes back, we're going to have another round of really high growth startups. And you and I were both yep. in Paris and saw the stuff that is getting worked on that is going to be what is eligible in 2024, 2025. And it's some really amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, and fortunately, with a lot of the Silicon Valley and tech layoffs, all those people are either going to start companies or go work for for new new and exciting companies. So that brings us into twenty three. You've already kind of made a prediction uh, consolidation. Yeah. Any other predictions or insights into uh, the new year? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be Debbie Downer here for a second. We haven't even scratched the surface on layoffs this year. Uh, a lot of companies start planning for layoffs four to six months out. We're aware of layoffs right now that are going to run all the way through June um, that are already in process and getting worked on. And they are not just in tech. Like this is going to start crossing because once we hit one, the other big prediction I'm going to say totally off topic is eggs are going to go absolutely insane. Like the cost of eggs. Which is, I eggs. think, going to really e -double -G -S, piss people off. E-double-G-S. So if you look so at, I think we're going to have, now. We're, buy your chickens. We're going to have quite a summer, I think, because we're going to have a couple of quarters of really high layoffs. We're going to have people not finding jobs in the way they have been used to. We've got a huge number of people that have never gone through a recession or um, major downsizing. Maybe they saw their parents go through it, but there's a huge, you know, we've, 12 to 15 years of people that really have never gone through that in their career. Everything's getting more expensive housing, blah, blah, blah. And then yep. something that has be, been this like staple, um, I think can be this tipping point. Predictions are eggs are going to be $12 a dozen by summer. Like people are going to lose their minds because everything is going to be crazy. Uh -huh. And eggs, I think might just be the tipping point. Forget about that Ruby on Rails developer. Eggs are going to blow your mind in terms of hey, how much you th that think shit's going to cost. Like, not everybody works in tech, right? Like we've right. got people not making, you know, it's hard enough as it is when something that, you know, what did we eat when we were in college? We ate 39 cent ramen noodles in 89 cent dozen of eggs and we would make mac and cheese, like, eggs, mac yeah. and cheese or whatever else you could do. Like, 
the basic stuff, like little stuff like that is what really pisses people off. So hopefully we don't also have another tipping point thing. But I I think 2023 is going to be a year where a lot of people just kind of look at their life and think about, okay, what is actually necessary? How do I mm-hmm. make work matter like at the at the level it should? How do I make decisions in my personal life? What do I actually need? And I think we're going to see businesses making the same decisions. Like, who do we actually need for employees? What do yeah. we, um, who, what type of clients are we actually going to go through? Everybody's going to get much more targeted and focused on every aspect of life in 2023. So we have a lot of vendors listen to our show. Yeah. Is the blood, are we going to see a bloodbath like we've seen now? In old days with job boards, when they sort of ruled the world, if people weren't posting jobs, they were screwed. Right. But now we're in a little more diversity. You're a little bit more integrated into systems. You're a little harder to get rid of. What sort of, how does that going to impact vendors? Like in a big way, are we going to see an HR tech with two booths? Like no. what, what, how is this going to play out? You know, I, sometimes when economy is bad, economy is really great for HR tech. Mm-hmm. And in, what is going to make the differentiator for vendors is their go-to-market and their positioning. If they keep trying to sell and talk the same story and pretend um, that it's all about like, oh, it's really hard to find candidates. If you're still going after that approach, you're going to really struggle moving in. If you adjust to what is happening with current conditions and you meet the practitioners kind of where they're at. We just did focus groups with, I think we had 24 recruiting leaders, TA leaders, all size companies. Only one of those 24 said their top issue still was not finding enough candidates. Hmm. The the expectations, and this is, I don't know, last month. So the expectations are changing and vendors can still have a lot of success if they change to meet those expectations and change with what is actually mattering in business. The companies that have failed, we've seen them, right, over and over, like amazing product, amazing sales teams, horrible messaging. They don't know how to explain what they're doing and what the value is. And if things are tightening up, you have to show your value and your impact with out going to a point where everything turns into an ROI conversation. It's a really hard balance for people. And if you have to pivot, figure out how to uh, get chat GPT to make eggs and you're set <laughs> apparently from, from Sarah. So Sarah, I'm, I'm, I'm reading an article recently this week uh, talking about programmatic advertising coming to podcasts. Uh, so wow. Okay. Prescient, right? So, so for once recruitment advertising is a step or two ahead of, I don't know, regular advertising. Uh, recruiting has been leveraging solutions, programmatic job ad solutions like Job Ad X to promote their jobs for years. Uh, what What's Job Ad X, you might ask, Sarah? Uh, what, do you live under a rock or in Idaho? I do. Uh, job Ad X is the one tool you need to analyze and manage your entire job advertising process. That's right, whether you want granular control or to set things on autopilot, your job ads follow a set of rules to create the best results, showing up on hundreds of job sites focused on your goals. If you're new to programmatic, or maybe you're looking to replace your current platform, you owe it to yourself to check out JobAdX at www.jobadx.com. That's right. That's just the letter X, not the end EX, as in ex-husband or ex-wife something Sarah and I know a little bit about. Do Ouch. yourself a favor, hit up jobadx.com today. I I think programmatic is going to be big because companies that are going to, even if they're doing downsizing everything, the companies that are going to have an advantage in 2025 as we come out of this are going to be the ones that continue to focus on their brand. And so even if they're running programmatic not to post a job, but just keep their brand and everything out, yeah. And, it, you know, I'm not trying to pitch the ad. It just made me think about the last conversation. And programmatic might help some of these job boards out there survive uh, the oncoming doom and gloom Ooh. that Sarah predicted for 2023. So if you're a job board, make sure you're partnered with some of these programmatic <laughs> solutions to keep the keep the lights on if you need. Speaking of job boards. 
All right, Sarah, you may have heard a little company called Indeed. You've been around a while. A uh, few people know who they are. So anyway, new year, new terms of service at our friends at Indeed. Uh, what first what first show of 2023 would be complete without talking about Indeed, uh, by the way? Obviously, no one reads terms of service, so we asked our resident Indeed whisperer, Jim Durbin, his thoughts on what might be hiding in Indeed's terms of service. Here's what Jim told us. Number one. They're using ID.me for third-party verification, which means you have to upload a personal driver's license or other document when creating an account. That sounds like a real, Big brother. real headache. Oh, I, I, I have so many. Like, ID.me just used anywhere, I just don't like at all. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to that. Let me we'll go through the rest of the, uh, the, the, the little, a visceral the little, the little, <laughs> the little surprises in Indeed's terms of service. All right, number two, the new salary transparency terms say that the information offered to candidates is a courtesy and not a warranty, and they take no responsibility or liability for mistaken data presented on your job. So do yourself a favor, employers. Put those salary ranges on there because who knows what the fuck Indeed is going to put on there, and they're not liable for it. All right, number three, Indeed Apply Screening and Assessments has a section where they say they gather the data but won't hold it for you. For those government contractors dealing with OFCCP compliance, this is a problem. You can't track compliance inside Indeed's platform, even though they want you to use Indeed's platform to do everything. Number four, there's a section about stopping spam candidates by requiring a cover letter. That's not new. It's just funny. Thanks, Jim, for that little insight there. Number five, you waive your right to jury trial and class actions when you use Indeed. That's convenient, isn't it? Number six, pay per application section makes it clear you need to set a limit on the number of applies because you will pay for all of them. Jim says he anticipates a lot of people messing this one up. There are going to be mega bills accidentally rung up because some lowly admin didn't limit the applies on every job. Sarah, I know you have to play nicely with all the vendors sometimes, uh, but any thoughts (laughs) on the updated terms of service or any thoughts on Indeed in general? Uh, I'm going to just go super easy, right? The pay transparency thing. If you don't post it on there, they will put something on there. It's a Mm -hmm. law in a number of states. I mean, pay transparency, just put it up. And I know everybody's like, oh, we'll do a really small range. Like, like, just put up a range, right? Just put something up. I'm, I'm a business owner, right? I don't always know exactly how much I'm going to pay for a job because it depends. If I find like a superstar like Joel, that's going to be very different than if my kid wants to work for me, right? And so, Put something up and put it in so it's not up to them of what is going to be there. And then you're having to deal with really angry people. So that's just a, mm-hmm. a whatever. Even if it's just the tip, put it in, kids. Oh, God. Word, of, word to the wise. And and ID me. What are your thoughts on that? You got some, some opinions. Oh, here's my thing. I don't understand why we have to use all of this ID validation and verification to do all of this stuff now, but I still don't have to use it to vote, right? Like I have to use ID <laughs> me to get like a a card at Blockbuster to like pay my taxes. I have to do ID me now to post a job on Indeed. I'm going to have mm-hmm. to upload my stuff and if you, they don't like what you uploaded or they have any question, you also, I was looking at this this morning, you then have to record a video of yourself talking, which in my mind is like they want facial recognition on everybody. Like, uh uh-uh, uh, no. So when I was, when we were headed to Paris in October, as we were boarding, they didn't even look at passports anymore. You walked in, scanned your face, and got on the flight. Yeah. Which freaks yeah. me out. I don't, I mean, again, I live in Idaho. So like, but this, and I know it's like, oh, it's so advanced. How great is this? It gives it validity. Now on the other side of this, there's a lot of creepers that we're using indeed for not so great reasons. Sure. Right. So I think as a, a candidate, maybe I would feel better knowing that the companies are ID'd, but are they also then running this through 
background check systems? Is there other validation? Are we double checking? Like, there's just a lot here that it feels more like, you know, there's some side partnership. The other thing with IDME is our employees hate working there. Like they have some of the <laughs> lowest glass door scores I've ever seen. And if uh-huh. these people that hate being there have <laughs> access to my it. personal data, <laughs> right? Like, and there's a big, let's say there's a big round of layoffs. Are they going to be downloading everybody's personal data and being like, uh, I don't know. It just weirds me out. So, By the I, way, Sarah, I, Sarah Sarah hasn't joined our get free shit uh, list because she lives in a bunker <laughs> in Idaho and has no address whatsoever. So so that's why that is. By I, the way, because because all of our listeners are mostly degenerates, uh, I was reading a story about IDME. Uh, Kansas, I believe, um, has just passed a law that if you use porn sites or want to look at porn sites, you have to register uh, through IDME in order to do that. So I mean, um, it makes sense. It it should be much harder to look at porn than to vote for a president. Yeah, I mean that yeah. makes we got okay, we got to keep the kids safe, Sarah. Keep well, the kids safe. It's all it's all fake. You're going to be speaker it's, of the house, so you know how it's all. I should be speaker of the house. I should be president, actually, of the we world should. of the whole world. Speaking of speaking of presidents, we got some new CEOs. In yeah, our industry. A lot. About them. Yeah. So uh it's not only the season for gumdrops and candy canes, it's apparently the season of new CEOs. At least three vendors announced new leadership recently. First up, Workday announced the appointment of Carl Eschenbach to co CEO effective immediately. Chano Fernandez has stepped down as co CEO and as a member of the Workday Board of Directors. Anil Bushri. Co-CEO, co-founder, and chair will remain co-CEO through January 2024. Next up is Snagajob. They've promoted Keith Forshu to CEO. He uh, led the company's product and operations team as chief product officer. Uh, prior to Snagajob, he was also senior VP of operations at Elance, which is now Upwork. And lastly, San Fran-based When I Work has appointed Blake Adams as its next CEO. Uh, a Morehouse and Stanford grad, Adams, an African-American, has previous stints at Google, Intuit, and most recently, Bain Capital. Sarah, I count three new ATS CEOs from last year, and now three new CEOs step in as we head into 2023. What do you make of all this uh, musical chairs? I think it supports exactly what I'm expecting to see in 2023, um, and we're going to see a lot more. If you look at the background of the people that are moving into C-suite in a lot of these roles, a lot of them come from a product background or from an investment background. Um, And some of them have shockingly light backgrounds outside of pedigree, right? And so, um, you know, like... Sequoia. You know, I I went to this university, so I'm clearly better for this job. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's going to be very interesting. I think the other trend we're seeing is a lot of people that don't come from the industry moving in, which has not typically been something that has been highly beneficial for vendors when they do this. Um, we, as I said, we do a lot of the investment side work. The number of times we get called in as either a turnaround or like, uh, wh- why isn't things going better? After they brought in a whole new executive team that has literally uh-huh. never had any experience in HR, no experience in recruiting, never sold products like this at all, is significantly high. So I'm expecting we're going to be quite busy in about 12 to 18 months um, doing some cleanup work after some yep. of these hires. On the other case, some of them are really solid. Um, some of the products need to fix or some of the companies need to fix product. Mm-hmm. Um so having a leader that can be really product focused is good. I don't know if I would take those steps um, when we're going into this type of thing, unless their assumption is uh, we're going to double down and we're going to focus on fix- fixing the product, much like a lot of companies did in 2020. We know mm-hmm. these are going to be two slow years. We're going to build that next generation of tech and we're yep. just going to ca- like counter losses for the next two years, yep. which is also something I know that some of the organizations are going to be focused on. Yep. Uh, a trend I see as well is people who know people who can write checks are being made CEOs. Uh, yeah. So I think some deals are going to be done. So I think 
Workday is probably the most impactful uh, of these announcements for people. Uh, it's a public company, huge company. A lot of people are Workday clients. So Workday stock is down 37% uh, year over year. That's not a, that's not news for a lot of tech companies. But in a world where employment is strong, it seems like there was probably some pressure uh, to fix that situation. On the news that they have a new co-CEO, uh, the stock went down 2%. Uh, on that news. So at least Wall Street is voting that this is probably not a great deal. Whenever you lose a co-founder, it's usually not good. So it's a right. sort of a double whammy here as you're losing a co-founder and you're gaining a co-CEO. None of this sounds good if I'm an investor uh, in Workday. No. Um, you know, you mentioned industry expertise. This guy is from Sequoia. He's got a great resume. Uh, I'm sure he picked up many chicks back in the day uh, when that was, you know, uh, the clubs in, in Silicon Valley. But, but anyway, he looks great on paper. He looks great on screen. Uh, we'll we'll see where the hell that goes. That sounds like a real fucked up situation. In terms of snag a job, um, they couldn't even go outside to get anybody for that job. They had to like pluck the 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 nearest just scrub to come in and take that job. So this is the company that's that. Has I'm fallen not sure if so I would far. Say scrub, <laughs> but <clears throat> hey, this it's... is a live show, man. Words just come out. It just you know. But it is an interesting, yeah. Snagajob has fallen big time. When when you and I started, they were probably top five or six, yeah, job sites, right? And they've fallen off a cliff, and now you have a relatively shitty product that hasn't innovated, and you make. You make the chief product officer of the crappy product your CEO. Like, I don't know how to connect the dots that that's a good thing for Snagajob. Like, this dude might totally uh, blow my mind and fix the product. But I see that as a shitty job that they gave to someone who was, like, next in line. And the the dumpster fire, in terms of my viewpoint, is going to keep on raging at Snagajob. Well, and I think the challenge specifically with Snagajob with him is – you know, again, he's relatively newer to the industry, right? Like 2019, he joined them, joined directly mm-hmm. as chief product officer. One of the challenges that we see with some of the legacy products that you and I knew back from the 2000s and kind of the turn of the 10s is that these founders and these investors and people that had success in 2008 to 2012 – when the success starts slowing down, they double down on what they did right 10 years mm-hmm. ago instead of looking at where the market is. And they will not take outside opinion because they're so confident in what this is. And we see this so, so much. And I think that's when I see a lot of internal movement, sometimes that's my concern. Now, when you have people from the outside come in, it is not uncommon for them to be completely thrown under the bus and nobody will make change because everybody's also so ingrained. It's kind of a no-win yeah. situation unless you have a total cultural shift and change of like, let's make some serious moves. But if you're not willing, I mean, if I was snag a job, one, I would be doing a massive rebrand. I would be updating my name. I would be really looking at my product strategy focus. I would be really kind of thinking about what do we want to be in 2024, 2025 Mm -hmm. in order to make it out and be around for another decade. Yeah, but they're going to they're going to be gun shy doing that. Uh, I mean, they they released. Remember the old CEO? They launched Snag, Snag Snag.co or whatever. It was an app. It was going to be like. service industry get paid with an app like they they took a big swing a few years ago and pulled back on that quickly and went sort of like status quo so i think it's going to be hard for them to take a big swing so they took a big swing on something and we see this with ta vendors all the time right Mm -hmm. they have really good ideas of stuff that work outside of ta and probably have a different type of buyer and would make sense for them to expand but they want to not take the time to understand how those buyers operate. So the stuff that they did with kind of the same day pay and all of that, huge market. Like one, of, we actually have a big report coming out on continuous pay. Huge market, huge amount of growth, big investment. They could have sold that off so quickly had they done this right, mm-hmm. made a ton of money off of it. But they were so set on selling it to the wrong people. And we see this all the time. Like, you know, again, doubling down into what you know, because you don't want to pull in the outside expertise to actually make money, right? Like I say all the time, my job is to make you money. 
I don't care if you listen to me or not. Don't listen to me, whatever. Somebody else is going to want to make money. So if you're listening at Snag a Job, it's time to create your TikTok <laughs> account if you want to save the company. No, please don't do that. So, so lastly, like, I don't, I don't know shit about when I work. They're not in Crunchbase. I don't know if they've taken money, bootstrap, whatever. Um, but they're but actually the new pretty CEO, cool. Like, look, we we talk a lot about you know uh, diversity, inclusion in our industry. We talk a good game, and we largely more or less talk the talk and not walk the walk. So for me, anytime I see a person of color take over at a company, our industry, like I'm a fan, this guy's got a good, a good resume. Um, he's just getting started, but I'd, I'd say when I work is one to at least keep your eye on, uh, in 2023 and, and going forward, maybe we can get that dude on the show to talk about what's the going on. The product's actually really good. So workforce management type of technology, not really a TA type of tool, but uh, I think what they are doing and bringing in access to the contingent workforce also mm-hmm. mixed in. Um, they're going to be coming in and playing pretty hard against some of the legacy gotcha. um, solutions. So definitely should take a look at it. So it sounds like I'm buying one of the three uh, CEOs and you're buying two of the three if I'm playing uh, Would You Rather or Buy or Sell. Um, I'm not buying any of them yet. I haven't seen what their plan is. I can, yeah. So, so like Midwest polite. So That's... Midwest polite. Have have some more cheese curds. Uh, and speaking of what you should be buying, kids, uh, have you heard one of our foreign language shows, Sarah? I haven't. I want to. Maybe that'll teach yeah. me. Do you speak a foreign language? Bonjour. Bon- you speak like bon French? No, just that's all I know how to do. No, English. That's, okay. Yeah. yeah. Again. Yeah. Polite Midwesterner like me. We speak American. But anyway. Mar- uh, so, give me a croissant, so please. Give me a croissant. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> so I mentioned Veritone does our foreign language uh, podcasts. Veritone acquired Pandologic uh, a year or yes. two ago. Now, time flies by now that I'm getting, getting older. But uh, Pandologic sponsored the show. Uh, I want to highlight... That the things that Pando is doing and starting to do with Veritone is like pretty mind blowing. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're talking like prediction tar- and targeting automation uh, algorithms that'll blow your mind. Big data that makes big data look small, if if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, if you haven't given a look at at Pando Logic, uh, I can tell you that if you've given them a look before. It's time to give them another look because the stuff that they're developing, I've looked under, I've looked behind the curtain, I've seen, I've seen the wizard, uh, some crazy good shits going on at Pando. Uh, do yourself a favor, go, go give them a call, get a demo of the product, see what's going on new. Um, if you're a current client, good for you. You're going to see some really good stuff come down the pike in 2023 uh, in terms of AI. Uh, voice recognition, different languages. Like they're going to do stuff that blows your mind. They bought a chat bot, uh, Wade and Wendy a while back. The stuff they're going to do with that is really, really, really cool. So anyway, head out to uh, pandologic.com. That's www.pando, P-A-N-D-O, logic as in uh, Spock, L-O-G-I-C.com. Tell them Chad and Cheese sent you. Can I just say... Go ahead after our way to go, man. Way to screw up the transition. Again, this is the raw version of this show. All right, Sarah, go ahead. Give us give us they, something about uh Pando Logic or They are some of the nicest voice. people that I have met. Like their whole team, we meet with but I I personally meet with about 250 vendors a year. So, we're meeting with products and companies all the time and Yeah. I am not known as being the kindest person. You know, I will call them out. Stop. I challenge them. I know <laughs> I'm nice in public, but um, like I'll challenge them on their BS and their whatever. They are some of the nicest people and everything I pushed on, they were able to answer, show me, respond to not yeah. in a deck, but actually in the product. So, yeah, very, very nice. And, and there's, there's a legacy uh, at this company that that goes way back and the yeah. core competencies at that company. I mean, you mentioned nice, but from Terry Baker down, like knowledgeable yeah. core competency. Correct. Like, yeah, they've like they, they got have something the going skills. on. Yeah. This, none of these people were, you know, kind of, I could write a check hires. Gotcha. Yeah. Can I transition to the next you story can. now? Now we can. Oh, okay. cause I'm excited for the next one. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. All right. 
so 2022 was the year of quiet quitting, and uh, we've heard 2023 might be the year of the loud layoffs. Uh, but for one Walmart worker, it's the year of loud quitting. Uh, an employee took to Instagram last month in order to resign. We got the audio. Take a listen, and we'll discuss on the other side. My name is Beth from Electronics. I've been working at Walmart for almost five years, and I can say that everyone here is overworked and underpaid. The attendant policy is We are treated for management and customers poorly every day. Whenever we have a problem with it, we're told that we're replaceable. I'm tired of the constant gaslighting. This company treats their elderly associates like To Jared, our store manager, you're a pervert. <laughs> I love her. All right. Yeah. Emily's not happy. Uh, so Sarah, disgruntled <laughs> employee meets social media. So many questions. Uh, is, yeah. is, is Instagram and TikTok the new glass door? Did she destroy her career? Uh, employer brand nightmares gone wild. Uh, I don't know where to begin. Where do you want? Okay. Uh, so one, I don't know if you heard, she made the comment about elderly workforce. I don't know if you know this or mm. not, but for, I don't know if they still do it, but for a long time, Walmart took out life insurance policies on their elderly door greeters that they that were they the, would beneficiaries. Be the beneficiaries of. Really? Is that legal? I don't know. I Yes. So I was I just reading about this over. this week. Wow, so okay. I don't know how this works. <laughs> but I so when she said that, I'm like, oh, I just learned about this last week. Um, second, Insta, like the kids aren't using Insta. It's us, right? <laughs> it's us trying to be like, look at my 14 likes. But they're on TikTok. Um, and this could have on, easily been They on are TikTok. on TikTok, which this was on TikTok. That's where, you know, it got shared on there. But you know what else is on TikTok? All of the layoffs that are happening are getting recorded mm -hmm. and uploaded. All of the other stuff, the the pervy managers, right? Like, mm -hmm. good for her for calling. This guy probably has had so many complaints about him, but he's probably, you know, his Karen in HR that is his buddy who probably has no HR experience, but he promoted into HR to cover for him. Like, yeah. yes, good for her. Good for her. Now, so she did not ruin her career. As far as if you're she ruined her career by speaking the truth, it's at companies that you shouldn't want to work for. And I think that's one of the things we have to start. You know, I feel like we've all been gaslit by companies for a long time mm -hmm. into pretending like we have to just be okay with whatever happens, especially as women. I was talking to a young woman this week who basically was like, I feel like I've been taught my entire life that I have to just like smile and nod and go along with whatever is happening. And I'm like, well, yeah, but you don't. We did, but we don't anymore. My my goal for 2023 is calling out gaslighters on LinkedIn, by the way. So let me reach into my inner Grinch uh, since we've just had Christmas. <laughs> uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't touch Emily with a 39 and a half foot pole. Uh, if one of my kids did this, I'd slap them upside the head. Oh, thinking, 100%. Did I not teach you anything? Uh, what a dumb thing to do. I know it's great for likes and virtual signaling and the dopamine hit of social media, but this is a dumb thing to do, kids. If you're out there listening uh, and you think about dropping some shit like this on TikTok or wherever, take it from your Uncle Joel. Don't do that shit. It's stupid. There's, there's tools now that will find this shit out. There's algorithms and companies uh, yeah. that will find this stuff, and people will not hire you if you do this. So now, it sounds great, and it's like, yeah, good for her. Power to power to Emily, uh, but don't do this shit, kids. You'd, Just yeah, don't. No. Like I would be pissed if my kids did this, but I would ask what happened to get to this point. Right. Like what it was. Did he do something that finally triggered this? Did something else happen? Like what what was that? And I would look at that. And I think if I'm Walmart, I'm seriously looking at all of these accusations, regardless of what this is. 
I'm sure. looking at the store pretty closely and I'm looking at some of these things. And I think what other businesses should be doing is figuring out how they can create a true level of conversation. So I love mm-hmm. this, not necessarily because her for her, but like yep. in general, companies need to come up with a better path so that the when things are not going right, I'll tell you again, I've been investigating TikTok. I sound like an elderly person, but I've been investigating on investigating TikTok. I have. <laughs> and seeing how it's being like used and done and like where all this type of stuff is. Employees do not like HR. They don't trust HR. When stuff is going on, they don't trust HR to go complain about their boss that's mm-hmm. being pervy. They don't trust HR to go do this because it's one half of the HR HR influencers on TikTok are telling people not to trust their companies, mm-hmm. which I find that is incredibly fascinating yeah. on its own. But hopefully this opens up some conversations. I think had this been in more of a corporate setting, like the girl that downloaded and destroyed all the files, I wouldn't touch her at all. Yeah. I think this probably a little bit different only because the type of job and the setting it was in. I doubt she will have as big of an issue finding her next job as somebody that like the girl that went in and destroyed all of the files that she created because she was getting let go. Is TikTok the new glass door? And if you're an employer, how do you plan damage control shit like this that happens? You fix your shit before it happens, right? And so we have to get out of the mindset where everything is going to be out about damage control. If you treat your employees correctly from the first place and you treat your candidates well, you treat your employees well, and you build a company that actually cares and respects for its workforce, you won't have the same type of anger. This type of stuff happens after a breaking point of many months, years of quite honestly, corporate abuse. And so companies, even that are doing layoffs, we're, we're doing a big layoff study. We're publishing on like ethical layoffs next week. We've talked to a lot of people that were laid off, and many of them have nothing but positive things to say about their company. Some of them go irate, right? But the ones that are irate talk about how much they worked, how much they were never appreciated. Everything about the end response comes down to like a much longer story. And is it the new glass door? Eh, I mean, glass door is what, 13 years old at this point? 14 years old? It's a little gray. It's a little gray. You know, I, I think we've are getting past the point of review sites. It's like, you know, TripAdvisor, all of these things, huge. We These are huge 10, 12 years ago. Um, you know, n- now they're going directly to the source because they know everything else is orchestrated. Our age people, I'm sure, are still going to Glassdoor. They're white, everybody. Did you have fun? <laughs> I did. Thanks. It's only taken 17 years to get on one of your podcasts. I was not podcasting 17 years ago. He did. You had cheese. Uh, it wasn't this, though. We're on no. video now. We're, we're like the kids now. Yeah. We're like the kids now. Well, thanks oh, wait, for getting up early there in, there in uh, Pandaho or whatever it is that you live. Uh, <laughs> for those that don't know you or want to learn more about uh, the company or connect with you, uh, where do you send them? Yeah. So Aspect 43. Dot com is my company and where you could find it. We publish a ton of research and reports and everything for practitioners entirely free. So there, you don't have to sign up. You'll never get bothered again. Everything is free um, from that perspective. And we are also launching uh, HR Tech Circle next week, I believe. We're uploading everything in, Ooh. which is our brand new site, which is entirely for practitioners. And it is thought leadership, resources, downloads, case studies from about 40 different vendors in the industry. So you can stop jumping around on Google and all of these places and just go to one place and find it all. Thanks, Sarah. Everybody, Chad will be back. Things will be a little bit more back to normal. Until then, Sarah, (laughs) we out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The Chad, the cheese, brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one.
cheddar, blue, nacho, pepper jack, Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.